Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Show. I'm done trying to come up with funny words for it. Joining me as always, you can see him, he's hanging out, he was too lazy to turn on his green screen today, and he doesn't quite have a kitty visitor. We saw some, some action there pre-show. It's not Dr. Evil, it's not Ernst Blofeld, it's Spread Astaire. <laughs> How you doing, Spread? I'm doing great, man. It's actually raining in California. I love it. Rain in California, yeah. Spread? I know, is that, yeah. you say? How long has it been? Uh, it had been like about six months to this point, so I'm enjoying the moisture falling from the sky. Were you out dancing in the rain? I actually did, yes. Oh, did you put on the hat? Yeah, I, lived, yeah I called up Ginger Rogers. She's on her way over. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, Spread's about a million years old, so I don't think anyone got that joke. And joining us for the first time, he's having a little <laughs> trouble with his cameras. So that's just why we have his logo there. Our buddy, Big Three. How's it going, man? Not too bad. Well, it's nice to have you on the show. Again, we're going to do a little NBA draft prop, but I thought before we got started, you want to maybe give the folks uh, a little background on you, what you like to cap, what you're interested in, maybe uh, what your approach is, and uh, you know, give us the two-minute elevator speech. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of try to do it all, at least. Um, try to do – I do a lot of, like, basketball, football, baseball, kind of the focus, um, do some tennis too, but pretty analytics-based. Um statistics background so like if you look at my page or whatever like a lot of the stuff that i'm posting is like predictive models um trying to get on some of these lines quick especially totals um trying to get ahead of some of the clv just by looking purely from a numbers standpoint um trying to get ahead of vegas uh so that's kind of the the goal there and then i would say yeah i mean i would say most of my stuff's pretty analytics based but obviously um try to do a little bit of everything. Nice. We love to hear that you handicap tennis. There's not enough tennis talk in this world, and I'm sure someday we'll have you back to talk about that. Um, you can find Big 3 at Big 3 underscore F-O-R underscore 3. Big fan of the underscore. They made me get one. I can't believe there was already a Noops account whenever I <laughs> it wasn't even that late to the party. Anyway, let's dive in. The NBA draft is tomorrow. By the time you listen to this, it may even be today, Wednesday. November 18th. It's on. It's amazing, guys. We get six weeks basically till the season starts. We still haven't even had free agency. What our goal is today, wanted to walk through the draft, do more of a formal draft preview, if you will. We'll try to see if we can sort of put together our own mock as much of a crapshoot as that is. We'll see if we can figure it out. And along the way, talk about some handicapping and stuff. Um, myself and Big Three already have a handful of picks. I don't know if you've tweeted yours out or shared them yet, Big Three, but you can find all of mine on Twitter. And we'll be going along the way because, uh, Spread, I don't think you have any bets yet, do you? Dude, I think that you guys are so brave for diving into this market, especially this year where the information seems to be at a premium. I mean, it seems to be very hard to come by. Obviously, with everything shut down, a lot of the inside sources that we are used to relying on are not providing us the information. And it just seems like there's so many different possibilities that would not surprise me at all. So credit to you for uh, slapping them out on the table and, and putting yourself out there and putting putting some money at risk and really trying to take advantage maybe what could be some soft lines. Well, maybe to talk about it from a macro perspective at first, you're right. I think this is the least amount of information that we've ever had in a draft. I think that the first three picks, maybe the first four picks, frankly, are totally in the air. We're not even sure what teams are going to be in these spots at this point, let alone who we're going to take. And for as long as I've been following the NBA, I can't remember this much. And in a way, that's an advantage. You know, if you think about our position as better, so our biggest advantage at the end of the day is we get to pick and choose what we want to bet. 
books are going to hang all these lines. They have to open all these markets, you know, to continue to have players on. And, you know, I'm sure they'll find a way to make money. But our advantage is we get to go through and pick and choose. And big three, I know you've been going through these markets a lot, but I don't know if I've ever seen prices so varying book to book to book in a market like this. Now, the limits are lower certain places than others. So when you have less liquidity, you have a little more variance in the market. But what have you seen so far the last couple of days as you're looking at draft props, big three? No, yeah, I mean, exactly agree. I would say like the first time I saw the first senior drafted was yesterday. And I think since yesterday, there's been like almost 150 cent movement. Maybe it was like open minus 135 on bet online. And now it's like minus 250 um, for Desmond Bain. And I think like even with something like the first pick, like I've never seen you have someone go like minus 180 Edwards was. And then like you get all this steam on LaMelo and then like now back to Edwards. Um, I think like the truth is no one really knows, right? Like you're getting money in on one side and then someone releases an article that, you know, so-and-so team is looking at Edwards and then all of a sudden, boom, money comes back the other way. So it's been kind of crazy to watch. Yeah, and even to take a further step back, you know, when you're attacking something, when you're looking for a betting opportunity, um, again, it's almost to your advantage for there to be less knowledge. There's there's more variance, I think, here. I think because there's so much uncertainty, there's an opportunity for us to cherry pick some nice numbers. So, you know, again, we're going to be getting into more of a player approach and a little more basketball talk. But before we do, just from a gambling perspective, the way I've been approaching it is trying to look for big underdogs, making sure I'm not laying a lot of juice anywhere, and, you know, trying to find bets where, again, it's, it looks like there's there's a larger variance than maybe you know what I'd be used to playing from an edge perspective. You know, before we jump into the draft, big three, any other thoughts? Um, just kind of from a high level betting perspective, you know, what your angles and uh, kind of plan of attack was. No, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the goal too, right? Is you're you're trying to find value, not necessarily like a lock. You know, like there's things um, like props and stuff where you can get you know like maybe like a plus two hundred or something where obviously, you know, it's, it's still kind of a toss up, up in the air, but when you have these big lines that you can kind of attack, um, you're definitely giving yourself uh, a plus EV chance by just, you know, getting on the lines and and trying to get ahead of some of the variability. All right. Well, let's jump into the actual draft. Since you are our guest big three, we'll start with you and let you be the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have the first pick in the draft and let's start with, again, with I think it'll be interesting to talk about both what we would do if we were the GMs in each individual position, what we think the best fit is basketball-wise. And then after we talk about that, we'll get to what we think will actually happen. So you're up on the clock. you got the first pick. You've got Carl Anthony Towns. You've got D'Angelo Russell. Who are you taking? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I'd go with Anthony Edwards. Um, this is one, obviously, pretty highly debated, um, pretty close line here. But I think it boils down to – um, like either Edwards or LaMelo. And in my mind, there's less baggage with Edwards. I think he's, it's, it's less risky. Um, you kind of have a, a decent idea of what you're going to get out of him. And I don't know. I just think offensively it's hard to pass on that talent. And I think his ceiling obviously is super high just with his ability offensively. Um, one of the big knocks on him is, it's just defensive effort. If you watch some of those Georgia games last year, you see um, a, a little little lack of effort um, on the defensive end. But as we were saying, as I was telling Spread earlier, I think you, it gets to a point where when you are the only option on offense, you know, like that could have been coming from Crean even, you know, like the coach saying like, hey, like we need you offensively. Uh, don't worry as much about the defensive side. And I think 
athletically in size, you know, he's got the potential to be at least sufficient on defense. So that doesn't concern me too much. I think, I think that's who I'd go with here. Yeah, it's been a big discussion the last couple of weeks, as you mentioned earlier. You know, from betting market perspective, Anthony opened a favorite to be the first pick. It went all the other back the other way towards Mel Lamelo Ball, and now we see it coming all the way back the other way. Um, you know, spread. What are you thinking here? If you're the Timberwolves, are you looking at, at Ball? Or are you looking at Edwards? Maybe somewhere else. I personally like Edwards more, and obviously it's a crapshoot. And you know, come back, and I could be way wrong on this. If Ball does take basketball seriously. Uh, great frame, great talent. My worry is the guy already thinks he's a star. Um, and I know that before we went on, you were kind of lamenting uh, Ben Simmons for lacking improvement, right? And could we see this here um, from the mellow ball where he's a guy that, you know, already can shoot. He's got, obviously, he's got great passing vision, right? Uh, got the chance to do it. Is he going to be content to just put up, you know, 18 points, eight assists, and, and, and make a lot of money, or is he really going to work on his game? And is he going to improve defensively? And with uh, if on the Timberwolves, I already have D'Angelo Russell, net negative. Carl Anthony Towns, probably one of the worst defensive centers in the league. Am I willing to take a risk on another guy who doesn't put out defensive effort? So I think I would go with Anthony Edwards and hope that I could coach him up and, and put him in the right organization. But, um, you know, if it is ball, I would not be surprised. So to make another reference, the kids want to understand. You don't want to go full Donnie Nelson. Just try to beat everybody one fifty to one forty every night. Oh, the good old Don Nelson, right? The original one when he had minute bowl shooting threes. The first uh, stretch, stretch five. So, yeah, no, I I don't think that that's the right idea. Although, as a better, if they do pick Lamella Ball uh, over two fifty, still be smashing them. Let's go. Let's take over in every Minnesota Timberwolves game blindly. That would be great. You know, circling back to what you said about Ben Simmons, and I've been talking about this a little bit. It, as you start to look, there's really a lot of parallels here. Ben Simmons was a kid that bounced around a few high schools. Um, his one year, he decided to go to LSU, didn't make the tournament, didn't really do anything spectacular. You look at LaMelo, again, bouncing around high school. Instead of going to college, decides to go to Australia and play for a year. You know, Basically just kind of did a PR tour of Australia, frankly, why he was there. You start to look at what they do on the floor. I mean, again, their size and game aren't, aren't terribly similar but you look at Lamella's inability to shoot you look at Simmons inability to shoot and I think in 2020 that's the biggest problem so I think you have to look at somebody like Edwards now things get really interesting here because there's been a lot of talk about possible trades so be curious to see if somebody trades up tries to take ball someone trades up try to take Edwards um would, have you guys who, heard who any would you guys say is a candidate yeah, Chicago apparently has been looking to move up. They have a couple picks in here. You know, the Boston Celtics are always trying to move up and put more of their um, picks together to try to move up, I think. Um, there's been whispers again of Charlotte maybe trying to move up. I haven't heard a ton. That's, that's one of the things. Everyone's talking about all these trades, but there hasn't been too many concrete rumors. Have, have you heard or seen anything or have any kind of thoughts on, you know, how trades might affect this, affect this pick, Big Three? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen even stuff about, like, Knicks wanting to move up and get LaMelo. Um, but with the Knicks, for me, it boils down to, like, what do they give up? You know, I think the big pro for the Knicks right now is they just have a lot of money, um, a lot of cap space. And so I think, like, if I'm them, I'm trying to get a, a good point guard, you know, like an FVV in free agency, you know, just, like, pay someone um, as opposed to trying to give away – what little pieces you already have and, and try to move up and, and draft a LaMelo here, or maybe, I mean, I haven't seen them have much interest in an Edwards, but more like moving up to draft LaMelo, but I don't know. Yeah, that was the rumor I heard. Um, and this is coming from the, you know, the golden state sources was the idea that, 
If LaMelo does not go number one and he's there at two, the Knicks might package Mitchell Robinson and their pick um, for the number two. So the Warriors would move down five spots for Mitchell Robinson. I really like that for the Warriors. That would be a great trade. So to wrap up on the number one pick here, um, a lot of uncertainty, but we think it's going to be Edwards. We think it should be Edwards. It might still possibly be LaMelo Ball, but those are the kind of two names on the list. Again, from a betting perspective, as you look at the market, Melo I'm seeing is a small favorite at minus 140. I'm seeing Edwards minus 110. I don't think either of those numbers is playable. Um, You know, When we get to a little bit later, I'll talk about another Melo play I actually have in the other direction. Let's jump into the second pick, those Golden State Warriors spread. And, um, you know, pre-show, I think you had some strong feelings about what you think Golden State should do here. What would you do if you were Bob Myers? Yeah, and first of all, I'd like to congratulate the Golden State Warriors for managing to link themselves to every prospect in the top 10 over the last two weeks. I thought it was a great job of a PR smokescreen, and I think that smokescreen is simply because the pick is so obvious and it makes so much sense that they had, you know, that they tried to smokescreen it. But it's obviously Wiseman, right? You've got all these guards already. You've got a perimeter-based uh, team, right? You've got great shooters. You're ready to go. You bring in a guy, uh, great defensive abilities. And from what I've heard, and we only saw three games, right? So, I mean, what are we even relying on for our scouting? Um, but he's got really soft hands. I think he fits in well. Uh, defensive presence, and then all he's really going to be asked to do on the offensive end is be a rim runner in the pick and roll uh, with Steph and Clay. I mean, boy, sounds like a pretty good opportunity to me. So uh, I think that Wiseman is just a no-brainer here. Uh, and I think if I were to just make make my first bet, Wiseman number two, um, I think is, is pretty safe. I think the only way that does not cash is if someone moves up for the mellow ball. Yeah, I'm seeing Wiseman at number two, minus 115. My angle was actually to take Wiseman under two and a half. Now, it's a little juicier at minus 140. I think there's some better prices out there. But my thinking there was... Do you think there's was, any chance he goes one? I don't know. It's I've heard... Again, I, I don't know what's going to happen. The, the theme of these first few picks is there could be some sort of trade. I don't really know what anybody's going to do. But if you think about the history of the NBA, it's about people trading up for big a- athletic bigs. And Wiseman fits you know, every history of that. He is just an absolute sure. freak when you look at him on paper. Um, let me just pull up what his actual measurables are. Again, seven foot one with a seven foot six wingspan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Moves well defensively, knows where to be in the floor, a yeah. real good protector. So I was looking at under two and a Let half. Let Steph tutor him. Let's go. Right. What do you think here, big three? Uh, what do you think actually about what Spread said in that New York Knicks trade? You know, if Edwards goes number one, again, you're Bob Myers, and the Knicks call you and they say, we'll send you Mitchell Robinson and our pick, which is number eight. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Warriors here, I don't know. I mean, I think I want Wiseman. I think he fits well. Um, like we were talking earlier, like pretty good defensively, like pretty high basketball IQ, someone that probably isn't going to need the ball a lot um, on the offensive end. I just think like he fits the Warriors system. Well, I don't, I mean, if personally, if I'm the Knicks, I'm not trying to trade up um, for anyone. I'm, if anything, I'm trading down. Um, but I think the other team that I think might come up here is Charlotte. I could see Charlotte. So like the thing with them right now is like, obviously they don't have that good of guards, but like good enough guards or like passable guards. But when you have Cody Zeller at center, right? Like I think <laughs> that's, that's a place that I'm trying to fill. Um, and they have like, I think Miles Bridges would be like their four right now. Um but like to me, I see so Charlotte's at three, obviously. I could see Charlotte trying to bump up even just one spot to try to get Wiseman and just have that guy who's a little more competent offensively and obviously like solid defender, like 
really athletic. Um, I don't know. I could see that being a trade, but even still, like I still would have Wiseman at two. I think if they move up, it would be for Wiseman, not a Lamelo. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Again, um, the way I try to describe it is if you're in a fantasy football league, you always have somebody who takes a quarterback or a tight end too early because, quote, they're a starter. Um, and Charlotte is not the sharpest organization. So taking a look at their roster, the need is obviously at center. So it makes sense that they would go for Wiseman. Um, and that's why I think Wiseman, again, even under two and a half, because if Charlotte gets antsy and they think that, you know, Golden State or somebody's going to take them there, they might try to move up to one instead. So well, that's, um, that's what I'm thinking is there's a chance that, you know, Golden State, like we said, Wiseman is a good fit there. Like if they're unwilling to deal that, we know that Minnesota's open to trading that one. If Charlotte thinks like, hey, we have to hop Golden State, like if they can't get with a deal or get a deal with Golden State, like, hey, we have to hop Golden State and get to one. I think there is a small chance that Wiseman could be taken at one. Um, but yeah. Is yeah, Wiseman the most can't miss prospect in the draft in your guys' opinion? I don't know if there safest is safest pick. Prospect. I think Edwards is probably the safest pick because his only problem is motivation. I think he right. just needs the right coach. But what do you think, Big Three? Yeah, I would agree. I would say, I mean, like kind of like the order we've even drawn out here, right? Like I think Edwards, Wiseman, probably one, two in my eyes. And as you were talking, talking, I was thinking out the scenario a little more. If you're Minnesota, you actually love that scenario because you know if Charlotte's probably trading up from three to one, it probably is for Wiseman. So you know yeah. you get a chance to still get Edwards because if Wiseman's gone at number two, and that's not who Golden State wants, they make that Mel- they make the trade with New York for Mitchell Robinson. They take Melo. Now you're the Minnesota GM, and you look like a genius. You still got your guy Edwards at three and an extra yeah. pick along the way. So um, that's really interesting. Think- I hadn't connected those dots yet. And you'd think if that happens and someone hops Golden State to get Wiseman, you'd think that they might not want to draft, right? Like there was talks earlier of um, Avdia, um, the Israeli guy. There was talks that that was who they were interested in. But even still, like I don't know if they draft them. I think if Minnesota gets – or if Golden State gets hopped there, I think they try to dish off that too. Um, so then it really becomes interesting with Wiseman off the board and then – you know, the two spot being open for either Edwards or LaMelo. All right. So, so far we've got Edwards off the board. We've got Wiseman off the board. We're now on the third pick and you're the Charlotte Hornets. Again, LaMelo ball is still available, but from what we understand, the Charlotte Hornets are looking for a big guy. And I think one of the most interesting picks is going to be right here. And this is again, one of the reasons that I am looking at overs for LaMelo ball um, over two and a half picks. It was around plus 200 yesterday. I think it's still in the neighborhood of plus 160. I think that there's still some value in there. Again, think about all the variants we just talked about and everything that could happen. Yes, there's a chance he popped at one or two, but I think there's a chance, you know, again, if things start to get weird, I don't see him going here at number three. If you're Charlotte, you know, again, I'll, I'll go back to you, big three. Wiseman's off the board. You're Charlotte. You have this pick. Are you taking Mello? Or are you going for the big guy from USC, Agonkwu? Yeah, I go I go Okungwu. Um, I think, like, the thing about Okungwu is he's, I mean, he's not great offensively, but I feel like he's definitely, I mean, he scored 16 points a game last year. Um, he's pretty decent offensively but he's a, like a super good defender. And also, like we said, I mean, he's a big guy. What is he? Six, nine, seven, one wingspan, which like obviously Charlotte desperately needs, you know, like the thing with Charlotte that, and you mentioned this earlier is, do you have a hard time just passing on the talent? Just seeing as like your roster is just not good. You know, like Lamelo's on the board. Is it like, okay, he might not be the guy that best fits us, but he's the best guy, you know, so let's just grab him. Um, so I think it ultimately boils down to 
do you take the talent or do you take the guy who fits? Um, personally, I mean, I think they should go Kung Wu, but I don't know. That's what I would do if I were them, but I'm not so sure that they do that. All right, Spread, you're the Hornets GM, and I'm not even really sure that it is. Let me see if I can pull it up. Ah, Mitch Kupchak, good for him. Michael Jordan <laughs> calls you. Michael Jordan calls you. He's watching the draft. He's at home. He FaceTimes. He's got a big cigar. He's, like, playing cards with somebody or whatever. He's wearing, like, one of those cool Kangol hats, and he says, yo, Mitch, we got to take Mello. Do you think that phone call's coming? Do you think that's something Jordan's going to do? And if he does, are you going to have the courage to do what your owner told you not to do and take the big guy who you think's a better fit? Or do you think there's a chance that uh, Mr. Jordan calls down and, and we get kind of an owner pick of Mello here? Well, I, I, if I would, I would listen to Jordan because I'm actually opposite of big three here. I think that, that as much as I ran down LaMelo Ball in the number one pick, at the number three pick, when you're a, a, an aptitude franchise like Charlotte, reading, reaching Sacra Sacramento Kings levels and of ineptitude, you need to go for the big swing, right? Because um, just a solid player is not going to help you even get in that playoff race. And not making the playoffs in the East is an absolute embarrassment. Um, I will go for the higher upside. And my idea here is that fives are the easiest to find on the open market every year. Uh, every year, there's always a five that ends up going for the minimum level exception. You know, we saw Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. I think Willie Collins-Time will be available this year. I mean, and I, I haven't looked at the list, but there's going to be a lot more available in free agencies that will be at least, like, you know, better than Cody Zeller. Um, but then I'm going for the, the upside that maybe LaMelo is the superstar um, that his talent translates to because I think that he might have the highest ceiling of any player if he comes in and, and gets a great work ethic going because he obviously has um, the frame. He's got great passing vision. If we can see some effort on the defensive end, his frame is built to be a good defender. It's just whether mentally he wants to do it or if he just sees himself as a James Harden type where he's going to score and just kind of loaf about until it's needed. But I would go for the huge um, I would go for the huge swing here. I would go for LaMelo Ball if I'm Charlotte because I need a star and I need something to get out of these doldrums. And I don't, as Conway might be a better player, but uh, he's not going get, to even get me in, into the playoffs in the, in the rancid East where everyone should be making the playoffs because it's just that bad. And if I'm Mr. Kupchak, I think right here, again, I have an opportunity to trade ball. I, th I think this is another spot where, again, if the Knicks are really excited, they might try to move down. So I think I'm trying to do that. But at the end of the day, I think really what my evaluation is, I'm not excited about LaMelo Ball. I, I'm I not worry either, about him. but... So I think that it maybe makes sense to take a Kongo here, even though he is a little undersized to be a center. Um, not that there are a lot of big guys left, but he's going to have to play a couple games a year against Joel Embiid, and that is not going to go well. Um, so I think it's it's possibly a Conway. I think it's ball here. This is, again, where things start to get really, really murky. But it seems like we've got two for a Conway. We've got one for ball. We'll say we should take a Conway, but God, it, it feels like ball probably goes I here. Think I mean, yeah, I was just going to concede that, too. I think it probably is ball. I'm, if I'm the GM, I think I'm giving it a long thought. But I would say, I mean, if LaMelo's here, you'd think that it has to be him. Yeah, there's probably some sort of trade or, or some sort of iteration. So yeah, they might want to if they don't want LaMelo, you know. Mm -hmm. So, again, we've got Edwards, Wiseman, ball off the board. We're now at the fourth pick, the Chicago Bulls. Um, we'll start with you, Big Three. You know, you're the Bulls. You're on the clock. What do you think you're doing? Who do you like? The one person here that I think is really interesting is Pat Williams um, out of Florida State. I think – so one who weeks ago I was looking for draft props, props on him to get an under when he was closer to 10 to 15 on people's boards. 
even lower on some of them. Um, and now I think there's a possibility that he could go as high as four here. Um, I don't, I mean, that's obviously a little bit of a long shot, um, super good defender, especially on ball defender. I think other things like other possibilities here are Evdia, um, the Israeli guy, um, maybe even a Halliburton. Um, if they want to jump up there, maybe if Okungwu doesn't get taken, that's a possibility too. This is to me, this is the one pick that like, I think there's like six or seven guys who could go at four, honestly. So maybe there's some value here. I'm looking at exactly the fourth pick market. Again, I'm looking at one book and there's a lot of different numbers here. Some of the names that you mentioned, Patrick Williams, eight to one to be the fourth pick. Yeah. Akangu, four and a half to one to be the fourth pick. I'm seeing Halliburton, 12 to one to be the fourth pick. Danny, those seem like value to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was just going to say that too. I think I'm going to put money right now on, on Pat Williams to be fourth. I just think I don't know. I, I just think it's a real possibility. And we talk about like value, you know, not taking someone like Anthony Edwards to be the first pick at minus 150. Looking at a guy who has maybe closer to like a one in four chance of being the fourth pick in Patrick Williams and getting a plus 800 number. I say, I mean, to me, that's, that's the guy I take um, at four is Patrick Williams. I think like obviously Okungwu, like picking the exact exact pick there so picking Okungwu to be fourth is a little more risky because there's a chance he could be off the board right like Patrick Williams will most definitely be on the board at four and so that's in my opinion that seems a little safer than Okungwu but I don't know yeah I I like that I'm going to tell you on that right there I I think that as we start to look through it the fourth pick is going to be kind of interesting you know again you get down to Chicago they're looking to make a move if Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball are off the board, maybe they've lost all the names that they're really excited about, and you know they kind of take an offer, and somebody trades up to take somebody they want. You know, maybe like Pat Williams or something like that. Spray, did you have a strong opinion on what you thought was going to happen with the Chicago pick at number four? No, I have no idea. In fact, I just kind of wanted to pivot and ask Big Three, how did Patrick Williams just skyrocket up these boards um, in this time? And when I go to Tankathon.com, they have him twenty sixth on their big board. Yeah, and and, and I, every mock I've seen doesn't see him go past seven now. What did he do um, to raise his value in the eyes of scouts and GMs? I mean, I the thing about him is like super super good on ball defender, and I think that that's something that I don't know adds a lot of value. He's someone I'm trying to pull it up. Yeah, he averaged nine points a game last year in 29 games, and so obviously at a at a school like Florida State, right? Like that's something where at a school like Kentucky where you're just surrounded by talent um, is something that you would expect, but at somewhere like Florida state, you're not expecting nine points a game to translate to um, a top five pick, you know, but I just think like overall athleticism potential defensively, like that's also something where as opposed to offensively, where you don't really know what you're going to get from these guys as they move to the next level, like defensively, especially when you have the size and athleticism, like, that's something that seems like more of a sure bet, you know, that they're obviously going to bring that. Um, I don't know. I I just think that defensively, you know what you're going to get out of him. And um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, looking at some of his measurables, it's pretty appealing. You know, six foot eight with a six foot 11 wingspan. We know he's a good defender. Shoots 83% from the free throw line, which is always a good indicator for future shooting success. And, you know, it was over 30%, you know, with very limited opportunities. Um, uh, three and D, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's cool. 
the other thing is like, he's a pretty solid finisher, um, like around the rim. And like you said, like, he's not that bad of a shooter. Like, obviously like the scoring numbers aren't there. Like you'd like to see him score more than nine points a game, but like, like you said, even potentially, like you see the good free throw shooting percentage. What was it? 84%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think things like that, like you just, you can see the potential that he could at least be a passable scorer, you know, and he scores well enough around the rim long enough that you'd think that he's still going to get buckets um, in addition to the defense that you're going to get. Yeah. It's um, he seems like a really interesting talent. I'm looking to see if, if we've got an over under on him. We do not. Um, yeah. That's an interesting he's, pick. Unders are nine. So I saw a lot of places, nine and a half, but just juice to the under like minus two fifty things like that. Oh wow! Um, I just found one on a local under seven and a half minus one seventy. I was to say the yeah. Pistons supposedly love them, so I think that's pretty safe. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, we'll see. So I'm trying to think. The Pistons are at number seven, right? So he's not yeah. going past seven. But it looks like we've got him going four. Um, four is one of the more interesting picks. We've seen Denny Avita's name here. You know, again, Akonku is still on the board. Tyrese Halliburton's been flying up. Um, but what do you think, Big Three? Is or, or, or do you think that Pat Williams actually has a chance to go there? I mean, yeah. I mean, if if you had to pick, most likely, you know, without taking into account odds and stuff. Um, I mean, Avita seems like a possibility here for sure. Um, I mean, I think like is if we're talking about spotting the value, I think like Williams eight to one is where the value is here. Um, I think of who actually like has the highest percent chance to be taken probably a Vita. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like, let's do something weird. We'll put Pat Williams there for our, for our mock draft. What do you guys think? I like it. Sure. All right. Number five, moving on to the fifth pick. This will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. So probably some sort of combo guard. It's a mediocre shooter and a terrible defender. <laughs> um, what do you think here, spread? I mean, again, we've got a Conklu, a big guy here. We've got Obi Toppin and Tyrese Halliburton. Trying to take most mock drafts at this point, or maybe looking at Obi or something like that. Did you have a thought on what Cleveland might do? I'm a, I'm just switching over to Big Three because he made a great point before we were talking, and I completely agreed with him after I heard it. So why don't you tell him why you think that Obi Toppin might be in Cleveland, Big Three? Yeah, I just I think if you're the Cavs, you have to go Obi Toppin here. Uh, we've talked about it. Just a miserable defender, which is not great for the D, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but offensively, I think it's just talent that you can't pass on. I think that we topping could be a 20 point per game guy like next year in his rookie year. And I think like the Cavs offensively are just not in a position to pass on someone that can offer them that. Um, I think you got to just say, take the big body and hope that you can somewhat teach defense. Um, but offensive potential here, I think like in, and in terms of like what Cleveland needs, I think that they just have to go top in here. Yeah, one of the bets I actually made was Toppin to be before Denny Avita, and I think this was part of the reason. It seems like Cleveland um, is looking at him, and you know, as we talked, a lot of the mock drafts we look at, and to do a, a minute or two on mock drafts, be really careful, people. Don't just look at the list. You have to read what the descriptions are. These things are wrought with bad information, and it's easy to tell if you read, but um, what you find a lot of times is people copying people. Their stuff isn't connected to sources. I mean, the, the stuff about Avita is literally – um, Chicago's new GM, who, let me see, I actually found a list of GMs, um, Arturis Karnasovas, God, sorry about that, um, is an international guy, so he's going to go with an international guy, which... Yeah, know, just like Vlade Divac. Real stupid. 
right? Um, so that's why <laughs> I'm still bitter about Be that. Be careful. That's why you see him at four a lot. And I think there's some value in the market. You know, I was able to get Obi um, before him at plus money. Let me see. I think it's still somewhere around even or so, and I think I still like it even at that. Big three. Did you have an opinion on that? Um, yeah. Bob? This is, these are interesting. There's a couple of Vita props are like head to head props. I think Okungwu and Toppin are the two popular ones. I think that I've been seeing, I don't know. I think you might be on both of those even. I see. I have, I have Obi over Denny and then I have a Konkwu over Obi, but I don't have an Okungwu over Denny. Let me see if I can find one while you're talking. Hey, yeah. on your, um, uh obi over denny is that almost like it seems to me like you're just betting denny goes to the chicago bulls no yeah right? well, that's exactly right. what i was gonna say i think on that prop if denny doesn't go for then i think you're he, home free or that does nothing for chicago like i don't yeah. or i mean that does nothing for cleveland i think they take top in regardless of whether he's on the board or not um well, am I making this too complicated then? I mean, Denny's over-under is four and a half. Should we just be taking Denny over four and a half? Yeah, that's that. I'm on that bet. Over, I got over four and a half plus 110 yesterday on Denny. Ooh, I like that. Hey, and big three, I know this is so tough because, I mean, what are we taking? I know he didn't do well in the Euro League, and then he goes to the Israeli League, which is uh, a world's lower in competition and just excels there. What, what do we make of this guy? I mean, how good do you think he is? I know the Warriors – uh, he was one of their favorite smoke screens um, that I actually believed. Um, and I was reading all that, but then everyone else, you know, I, I'm getting excited about this guy. And then all the other scouts I read are like, eh, I mean, he's going to be a player and a starter, but he doesn't really have the all-star potential. I, I know, and I know this is so tough um, not being in the NCAA format, but, but what would you yeah. make of this guy's ceiling? Yeah, no, obviously someone that I've seen less of than some of these other guys, but I mean, I just, I'm with you. Like I heard he was going to the Warriors too was the first that I heard um, like kind of the first Warriors prediction. I just, I don't see how, I, I mean, he's not that good of a shooter. The big thing about him is like, he can play the one through four. That's what people keep saying. It's like, he's got the versatility to play point guard up to the, up to the four, not a very good shooter, pretty decent around the rim, but also like, like you said, it's the Israeli league, you know, like he's not playing, um, I don't know that, that part's kind of tough, but he's not a super good shooter. Doesn't like shoot very well from the free throw line. Shot doesn't look that good. Um, decent sized, um, decent like basketball IQ. I'm pretty sure. But I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm taking him in the top four. And I think if he doesn't go at four, I think he could fall. I mean, is this Mario Hijonia all over again? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of mean. That's I the meanest, mean, the, the that's more the meanest I, thing you've ever said in like <laughs> a year and a half, maybe two years, however long the hell. Well, I've ask Naomi Brody because I'm blocked by her. But still. Oh, my. That's a mean. He's never – big three, I swear to God. He's never said anything mean ever. I try to get <laughs> him to say mean stuff all the time. No, I, 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 I trash uh, Carson Wentz and I trash uh, uh, Philly that's true. sometimes. That's true. I guess we don't yeah. we don't talk about football, but I just I want to just stop because that's that's a moment of net worth history, there, folks. Yeah, it says here he's got shot fifty six percent on his last on his two hundred and sixty three free throw attempts since twenty seventeen. 
So that's a little worrisome from a guy who's... That's a lot worrisome. <laughs> yeah, I just found some Denny over 4.5 minus 105 at a very popular local bookie uh, paperhead. So check those, folks. But uh, minus 120 seems to be the best that exists at the offshores I use. I see minus 120 at Bovada on the over, minus 120 on bed and line. Yeah. I, I still think that's playable. What do you think? No, I like it. I got. I think the plus 110 was on Bovada last night. But, I mean, I think... When it boils down to you're betting on a guy who we have determined is not going to be top three, and it's literally four or lower, you know, like I think that's definitely higher than a 50% likelihood, which is what, I mean, minus 120 boils down to pretty much. I think that I would play that up closer to even like the 130 range probably. I saw when I was poking around, Bookmaker has it like close to minus 160 at this point. And I, I think there's a lot to learn from that. You know, one of the things that I, again, it's nice about all these variants is you look at some of these books and we know that Bet Online tends to be a little sharper, Bookmaker tends to be a little sharper, and all the liquidity isn't high. If you're looking at some of these books, people, and, you know, you just see something, it's plus something or, you know, minus 105 somewhere, and you go somewhere else, it's minus 170. It's probably an indication that you need to look and think hard about the, uh, the, the better number there. Yeah. All right, so at number five, we'll go OB Toppin, and we're now to the sixth pick, which should be the Atlanta Hawks. We know that they're a team that are focused on the here and now. Big three, you are the GM of the Atlanta Hawks, which is Travis Schlenk, apparently. Um, what do you think? Who are you taking? Yeah, I, I trade away here, um, and I think they do. I'd be pretty surprised if they take this pick. Um so it's it's really going to depend. I I think this will be like maybe right before they even draft, but because it's going to depend who's on the board. I would say the top team that will be looking at this pick is probably the Celtics. Um, I think the Celtics like obviously want a center, so it'll be interesting if Okungwu is still on the board. I think they hundred the Celtics a hundred percent trade up and try to take him here. Um, now if he's not on the board. I could still see the Celtics trading up and taking maybe like a Halliburton. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, this would be we like. We still have both on the board. A Kongu is, is, hasn't been taken yet in our yeah, market. We We've got we, Halliburton. But heck, they could take Denny. Yeah, you're right. We didn't we didn't take Okongu off at three. So, I, I mean, I think if Okongu is still on the board at six, I think that Boston probably trades down and takes him. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who else is really super interested in this pick, but I'm I'm sure that Atlanta's trying to get out of it. And this is why I like some of the Okungwu stuff. I don't know if I like his over-under because there's a lot of variability, but I like him in some of these head-to-heads because some of these teams are really looking for big guys. And as much as the big man maybe isn't as important as it used to be, they're starting to become kind of rare, and there's really only two great ones in this draft, and it's Wiseman and Okungwu. So I think Wiseman, again, is going to go pretty early, and that's why I like, again, Okungwu in some of those head-to-head matches. What do you think of that pick, Spread? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So... Uh, this is the point where I think it's so hard to predict because, um, like three said, we don't even know who's still going to be here, right? I mean, our mock draft could be completely wrong at this point, you know. Um, so, yeah, interesting for Atlanta. So, no uh, interest in Killian Hayes to uh, maybe uh, beef up the scoring backcourt there with Trey Young. 
Well, he's one of the more interesting players. His, he's really high on some of these big boards. He's number one on the ringers being yeah. I really respect Kevin O'Connor and Jonathan Shark and the work that they do over there. I mean, say what you will about Ben, ben uh, Bill Simmons. He hires some smart people. So uh, what do you think of big three? You know, and even before we jump to the next pick, what do you think about Killian Hayes and the fact that he seems to be rated so high on some of these big boards? But when you start to look at the drafts, I mean, right now it looks like he's projected to be the 10th pick. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys who, yeah, we really don't know. I think, who's the other? Oh, I think that Detroit, honestly, might look at him at seven, too, which would be the next pick here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's someone who we could see going either sixth or, you know, as low as, like, a 14 or something. Um, I don't know. I mean, pretty pretty good playmaker. Um, not a great shooter, uh, which I don't love, but he's pretty young. I think he's, like, 18. Um I don't know. The other guy that I, I do want to throw out here is I think Vassell. Honestly, if Atlanta keeps the pick, I think Vassell might be someone that they look at here too, um, which I know six is super high for him. But I just think like as far as fit goes, like perimeter defender, I think that he could be a possibility here as well. And that, a little bit about him. Be, like about his game. Sorry, Spread. Oh, I was just going to say the um, in the most recent interview, Travis Schlank, the, the GM of the Hawks, had mentioned that Improving the three-point shooting was his biggest priority, um, not necessarily in the draft, but as a GM as a whole. So I, I, that vassal to me makes sense, given the quotes that we most, we most recently re uh, read from him. Yeah, I mean, the thing you get with Vassell is that he's a, like, he's a really good shooter, like over 40% from three last year in college. And then also you're getting size, 6'7", six, 6'10", six, wing, wingspan. And also like a super good defender. Uh, he's more so a team defender. Like there's all the clips of him, you know, like just like rotation and like off ball defense awareness, you know, like those types of things that you get with him. But he's a pretty good, pretty safe two-way defender, I think. And also like the D and three combo, you know, like a Robert Covington type guy. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like I think there's value here. And like Spread said, you know that, Atlanta needs perimeter defense and they also are looking for someone who can shoot. And so I think that he fits here pretty well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him go this high. That's he also fits into the new NBA, right? What do we say about like all these teams, uh, especially contenders? Oh, they just need to add a little shooting. I mean, like Philly's an example, right? Just need to add a little shooting. Uh, Bucks making the trade for Bogdanovich at trying to add shooting. So he fits into the new NBA where we talked about, you know, the big men kind of being phased out. The players like Vassal are kind of being phased in. So it'll be interesting to see how fast the GMs uh, adjust because I was surprised um, the Bagley Aiton year. It's like uh, big men are, are, are totally being um, downgraded in their effectiveness and their ability to win championships. And yet we're drafting big men first when it's really the wings and the forwards that are winning in this league now. Yeah, I agree. I think you're muted, Noobs. I am muted. Thank you for that. You know, so what I was thinking at this point, if we like Vassal here at, let me just make sure I have the right pick number, at six, his over-under is 11. Now, it's a little juicy to the under, like minus 140, minus 145. So, so big three, again, you know, you're kind of driving the bus here. Um, you like the fit. Do you, what do you think the likelihood that he goes here? And then if he doesn't go here, is he going to fall outside of 11 or do we just wind up and killing that? Yeah. It's the danger here is that if the Hawks trade this away, it's not going to be for Vassell. Someone's not going to trade up to six for Vassell. And if he doesn't get taken at six, Detroit's probably not going to take him. 
Knicks probably won't take him. And so then, then you get into the danger territory. Um, I don't know. I would, I would rather take like, if you could get like a under nine and a half prop or like a top 10 prop, you know, like I don't, I don't really care about having the 11 there. Like, um, or if you could get like maybe an exact pick at six, I know, I think like DraftKings or FanDuel has those all the way up to the top 10, the exact pick. Um, so I would be more interested in that than looking at his over under just because I think he's one of these guys that if he doesn't go at six, like he could fall a ways um, into like the 15 range, you know? Okay. So do we think that Vassal goes here at six to Atlanta or in, or in Gonku, or Gonku, Sorry. I mean, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I think this is where it gets so hard. Do we think we, they trade or no? That's, I mean, that's what it boils down to. Who would trade up for him? Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think they really want to make this team better. I think the number down, you're going to get a worse player. I think the number of teams trying to trade down is is so high, and the number of teams trying to trade up is so low. I think that'll be an issue, and we've seen it before, even in the NFL drafts too, where teams overdraft because no one's looking to trade up and get rid of assets. Everyone's trying to add assets. Noobs, don't you think it's a possibility that? Um, sorry, lost my train of thought there. Don't you think it's a possibility that they would go for the sign-in trade with Boston? So we know that Boston wants a big guy. The other thing about Boston, I don't have it in front of me. I know that they have two second rounders, I think 32, maybe something in the 40s. Um, mm-hmm. I could see a sign-in trade for a Hayward maybe, or um, so like obviously they just resign. I think like, Maybe someone with Hayward in the 14 to move up to like the six, um, something like that. Like, I really think that Boston wants this six pick. And I think it just is a matter of whether Okungwu is there or not. So let's say Boston gets it. Who do they take? Okungwu. Okungwu, for sure. So I think we put Okungwu there because I think Atlanta is even thinking about Okungwu there. Yeah, I think that's a possibility too. I I like Okungwu there at six. We've got Detroit at seven. Um, you know, again, Denny at this point, um, you know, he's supposed to go at four. He's still on the board. Tyrese Halliburton is on the board. Tyrese seems to be, you know, the consensus here amongst the mocks that I've looked at. What do you think, big three? Yeah, I think Halliburton, Hayes, um, if Okungwu is still here, possibly him. Um, those are the, Those are the three guys that I could see going here. Yeah, we've got Hayes and Halliburton still on our board. So let's talk about those two. And, you know, so if you have to make the decision there, what do you think? Uh, I probably go. I mean, this is hard, right? Like we already talked about Hayes. I think Hayes, the offensive, like, playmaking ability is there. Um, Halliburton, I would say Hayes probably has a higher ceiling. Um, and if you're looking at a, a team like Detroit, that's, that's probably what you're looking for. Right. Um, I mean, you get the thing you get with Halliburton, like you get pretty good defense. Um, you get a pretty efficient score. I just think, I think I go Halliburton here probably if I'm, or I, I mean, sorry, I think I go Hayes here if I'm Detroit, um, that's mm-hmm. still on the board. So I, I, my only wonder is, does, you know, Detroit have any struggles with trying to take another international player since they've had some struggles with that. I mean, not even just Darko. Um, they've had other players they've taken that were tough. I've seen Halliburton in some spots here. So I think you're right. I think this does come down to Halliburton or Hayes. Spread, did you have an opinion, uh, you know, the international player Hayes or um, Halliburton from Iowa State? Just wanted to make the bad joke that I was surprised that Halliburton wasn't born 
It wasn't 17 years old because that's the most 2003 name ever, right? I mean, you brought it up earlier. Tyrese Halliburton. Is there anything that captured the two spectrums of 2003 better than that name? But no, I don't really have a lot of insight other than that really terrible joke. I think think it's going to be Halliburton. I think the way Detroit's set up, maybe they're looking like him. So let's go Halliburton there. All Um, I've read about this is that they love Patrick Williams and that he doesn't get past the spot if he's available. Well, we've already taken Patrick Williams. He's yeah, I know. I just wanted to throw that out there for the listeners. That that's my only knowledge about Detroit. Yeah. So, it's, well, that's interesting. Again, let's, I, I, I'm struggling to find a Patrick Williams over. You said you're at seven point five. I think I would take. Now it depends on the juice, and like we talked about, like there could be a one seventy. Yeah, I don't know if I would take minus one seventy for over under in this draft. Like we said, with the uncertainty, I'm not trying to go much over a minus one twenty. And these over-unders, like, it could seem obvious, you know, like there's no way he's getting past this team. But also, like, with how much trading is going to go on, like, it's very possible that even a team like Detroit that doesn't look interested in trading, like, it's very possible that they just somehow bump down to eight um, with the Knicks, you know? Like, I think I would have a hard time paying minus 170 for an over-under. Yeah, Williams under seven and a half is minus one seventy. I'm seeing Halliburton basically under seven and a half at the same price. And, and there's so much juice on these things. You only look at it plus one thirty the other way. So staying away from those. Now we've gotten this whole time at the eighth pick. The Knicks are up. Maybe they have traded up. Maybe they haven't. Again, looking at the best players available, we've got Denny. Um, we've got Hayes still, Okoro, Vassell, Sadiq Bay, Kiara Lewis. Um, what do we think here is happening with the Knicks? Brad, do you have any thoughts? Well, my question here is, so this is a name that's in everybody's top 10 that we haven't mentioned yet, and I'd like to break down from big three. Isaac Okoro, like strengths, weaknesses, what do you think of his uh, floor and ceiling as a player? Yeah, I mean, the the big thing you're getting with Okoro is, I mean, he's probably the best defender in the draft. Like We talked about Williams' defense, obviously, um, but even Okoro, you're probably getting even more defensively. Not a very good shooter, doesn't shoot very well from the free throw line. Decent He's like, I think six, six, maybe decent wingspan. I don't know. He's, he's a hard one. And I have a, a over four and a half freshman prop in the top 10. And if we're being honest, he's the guy that I'm most worried about um, not getting in the top 10, but I, I could definitely see Okoro going here at eight actually. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's tough to think that the Knicks will still be here, but we start to look at the names they have left. I don't see them going international at the the uh, Nick Nidalekina stuff. So Denny and, and Hayes are probably almost cross-offs. So then it's Akira, then it's Vassal. I don't see them taking Sadiq Bay. It kind of starts – they kind of start to run out of options. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm the Knicks here, if this is what the board looks like, I take Hayes if I'm the Knicks at eight here. Yeah, quickly. I'm running. Yeah, and so and I think if they if Hayes is on the board at eight, I think Knicks take Hayes. Um, I could also see the Knicks trading down, honestly, which is weird because most people right now are saying they trade up. But like I said earlier, with they have all the money in the world, like I think you just want to pay for guys if you can. I think, I mean, I might go Hayes here at eight if I'm the Knicks, or if Hayes isn't here, I would trade down. And try to go after like a, a Kyra Lewis um, from Alabama, who probably is going to go closer to twelve to eighteen ish. All right. So for our particular, what do you think? We'll just do you want to go with the Coro here? I would go. I might go Hayes. 
All right, so let's go Hayes. Let's say, you know, what the heck. They line it up. They try to do the thing. The New York Knicks have got Killian Hayes. Um, let's take a look real quick from him from an over-under perspective. I don't know if I actually saw what his over-under was. It looks like it's six and a half. The over is minus 270, so nothing to do, yeah. nothing to do there. Um, next up, the Washington Wizards. I'm apparently going to trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook and what will be the most hilarious trade possibly of my lifetime. Um, starting to look around again. We've got a Vita at this point. We've got a Coro still left. Um, Vassell, what do you think here, Big Three? If you're the Wizards, what do you I think I think this is where a Coro goes. Um, would be pretty would be pretty shocked if he was on the board if he doesn't go here. So that's kind of this is where I'm banking on him going. Um, the other possibility they might go would try to go like point guard, like backup point guard or two guard, maybe with a maybe stretch and go like a Kyra Lewis. Um, but I would say this is probably where Okoro ends up landing. I like that because I also have bet over four and a half freshmen in the top 10, and that would be our fifth freshman so far in our mock draft. Now, this line has moved quite a bit. I was lucky enough to get it at plus money. It's down to minus 145. Uh, I don't know what number you got, big three, but what number would you be willing to play over four and a half up to? Yeah, I got this at plus 165 yesterday on Bovada, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I even saw as high as plus 180. I would not pay minus 140 for this. Um, like I said, I think there's four pretty safe ones. Wiseman, um, Edwards, Okungwu, I think are the three really safe ones. And I think Williams is safe. And it's going to boil down to this Okoro. And I don't know what his over-under is. It's a There's a possibility you could even, as I say this, you could hedge out of your own bet with an Okoro over. So end up taking the I, – I can't see a Coro over-under. Do you have one? Let me see if I can find it. The bet I did make was a Coro to be taken before Hayes. It was right around even money when I saw it. I like that, and it looks like we ended yeah. up with that. Let me see if quickly I can find a Coro. His over-under is 9.5. Under is minus 280. Yeah, I'm seeing a plus 185 over 9.5 on a Coro. Um, and so, like, the option here – is if you are sure that the four, the other four are going to be taken, right? Williams, Okungwu, Wiseman, Edwards, then you could like hedge out of your own bet here, right? Like take the over four and a half freshman and then also take Okoro over nine and a half. And then if he gets drafted at 10, they both cash. But you know, just because it's at such big plus money, it's a pretty easy hedge out of your own bet and you can guarantee yourself some profit there. Yeah, I actually was looking again at a local here. Um, and found plus 198. I'm going to take that for a little bit. I've got, again, I've got some Okoro before Hayes. I've got some freshmen um, over four and a half there in the top. So I, I think you're right. I was surprised to see that. And as we go through this, you're right, it's, it's tough to see where he's going to go before, um, you know, really the, the ninth yeah. pick. So I think he's ninth or tenth. And I feel good about him at nine or ten, but yeah. definitely a chance he falls to ten and, and we get a chance to kind of cover all of our bases and hit a pretty juicy middle if we get lucky. Yep. All right, Phoenix yep. is up next. They're at 10th. Again, Denny's still on the board. We've got Vassell. We've got Bay, Kiara Lewis, Naismith. Um, Spread, did you have any feelings? Have you heard anything on what Phoenix is looking to do? No, I, I Phoenix is, you know, all the news about Phoenix is obviously the big trade they made um, for Chris Paul, and I think that actually obscures them a little more. It seems like they have a pretty set starting five, so they're in a good position to go best player available. Um, but I have no idea who's on their big board. So, 
if I'm Phoenix, I'm, I'm probably actually looking at a guy like maybe Sadiq Bay or or again Vassell trying to find a three and D guy to fill in Ubre's spot. What do you think, Big Three? Oh, good point. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you. If Vassell's here, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, I also could see them going point guard as well. Um, Akira Lewis or a Tyrese Maxey, just like, I don't know. Obviously, you're not going to start over Chris Paul, but just as like add a little more depth there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Vassell is a good fit. I, I would say that he's definitely a possibility here, which makes me think even harder about that under 11 and a half prop that you were talking about earlier. Sorry, at the under 11 and a half for Vassell. Oh, Vassell. It's, it's interesting because I think it's either one of those two guys. I mean, so I think we can actually lump these two picks together Phoenix and Antonio. San Antonio, I've heard, has Bay circled, and I think Vassell is, is perfect. So I think it is Vassell and Bay in these two spots. Um, yeah. So what, what order do you think then? What, what order should we do? Vassell or Bay first? Man. Um, I don't know. Spread, do you have a strong opinion? I think Vassell goes ahead of Bay. All right. Let's go with Vassell here then. Um let me dump him. And then again, the Sacramento Spurs. Sacramento Spurs. Jesus Christ. The San Antonio Spurs. Wouldn't that be next. nice? I know. Wouldn't it? Combine our rosters, we probably could still can't make the playoffs. <laughs> San Antonio's up next at 11. I've seen a ton of noise on Tadiq Bay here. So I think we're just going to dump him in. Does anybody have any uh, negatives about that? And if not, Big Three, give us a little breakdown on what you see with Tadiq Bay's game. Yeah, I mean, I really like Bay. Um, and I think this is a good spot for him in San Antonio. The thing that, I mean, obviously super good shooter, um, which is something trying to find size, um, six ten, and a good shooter is obviously something that's very valuable. And the other thing is he plays good defense. Um, another decent size three and D guy you talk about like a Robert Covington, you know, again, um, I just think, yeah, I mean, I think that he's a pretty good talent and I think that, you can tell with the shooting form too, you know, that it's it's probably going to translate pretty well. I don't have his free throw percentage in front of me, but he's a pretty pure shooter. Um, and I think when you combine that with the defense, it's it's a pretty safe bet. You know, you're not relying on on much else. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a good take there. Gotta love his measurable six eight with a six ten wingspan. Now again, I don't have his free throw percentage either, but his effective field goal percentage was fifty eight, which is a really really high level. Um, you know, as a Villanova player, you know, as, as much as I kind of rag on Villanova as a Philadelphian, because Villanova's not in Philadelphia. Villanova is a thirty minute drive from Philadelphia, folks. It's not a Philadelphia school. This drives me nuts. But Sadiq Bay has been really fun to watch, and I respect Jay Wright extremely. He is one of the best coaches I've ever seen, and his guys come in, they work hard. He's just going to continue to get better. And I love Bay. I, I does hope. I hope he becomes a Spur. I, I think that that's a really perfect yeah. transition for him. Do you like that spread? I know our guy Jeff doesn't watch the NBA stuff, but I wanted to clip that part and send it to him. Seventy-seven percent free throw shooter, by the way. Yeah, you know, not fantastic, but that, that's that's pretty solid. That shows you that, you know, he's good enough. And again, I think he's a hard worker. I think we'll continue to see him get better and better and better. 45% from three, too. Yeah, that's what you love to see. All right, next up, spread your Sacramento Kings. Denny. Yeah, so the guys Adedina, that I really want, we just on the board. selected. I know. 
They're all gone. So here's who's left. Yeah, I, I want to see Bay or De- Devin Vassell. Um, we've got Kiara Lewis. We've got Aaron Naismith. What Tyrese about Tyrese Maxey here? Mm. What do you guys think about that? That's That would be, you know, again, where I'm seeing Maxey, it looks like for most drafts, he's right in between kind of 15 and 17. So this would be a little ahead of what people are thinking. I mean, big three, does the fit make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I would say it's probably too high for him. Um, if if they were to go point guard here, I would say maybe uh, Akira Lewis, um, who's still on the board, I think, pretty sure. But, yeah, you just made a good point. Avita is still on the board. I think, I mean, it's easy to kind of get caught in with the fit of these teams, right? But at this point, I'd be pretty shocked if someone hasn't traded up to get him, you know, in the top 10 we're talking about now. Um, or if, like, I mean, I, I might just take him here if I'm the if I'm the Kings. I don't know. What do you think, Spread? Is Monty McNair going to gonna trust the international guy if he, he tumbles like this? I mean, what do we really know? And the funny thing is, it's almost like for our, the two franchises that we root for, we're getting the same thing, right? Because what do we know about McNair except for that he worked for Maury for the past three or four years, right? So, or even looking at Philadelphia's pick when we get down to it, or I don't know if we're going to do it specifically, but um, do you, I mean, do you, does Maury have a drafting pattern? I mean, if you go it back doesn't seem like it's that predictable. He's actually a big fan of guys who have high ratings, like when they're in high school. He likes uh, guys that have really great measurables that are, are really kind of he, – he loves guys with high ceilings. Whoever the highest ceiling guy is, that kind of tends to be what he leans for. And you can see it too. He, he loves a reclamation first-round pick project. I'm trying to remember who the big guy was from Kentucky who could shoot a little. Terrence Lewis? Terrence Davis? Something like that. Um, you know, guys like that, he's been a big fan of trying to, you know, take first round picks and, and try to make them work. So he's a high ceiling guy. But so big three, who would you say has the highest ceiling on the board of what we have right now at twelve? Again, Avida, Lewis, Naismith, Maxi. Yeah, I think I would say probably Avida. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, the guy was is rumored to go four. I mean, that would be a it seems like it would yeah. be a value pick, you know. We'll see if and it turns out to be good. You, had, you have a haze over prop or like a head-to-head. You're betting against him somewhere. Is that right? With Hayes. Uh, Let me see. Denny. Let me just double check. It was Obi. You can get Obi Toppin before Denny. Okay. And I think it's still plus money at a few places. Yeah. So the other thing I'm thinking here is, is obviously we don't want to backtrack. But at eight, there's a good chance. I think I was just like it spaced my mind that Avita was here. But I could see eight – um, the Knicks going with Avita, and then who knows where Hayes goes after that. But I could see a Hayes maybe even being here on the board um, for the Kings. Um, and I would say, like, obviously that's someone that you would want to go after here too. Would Hayes work with Fox? Would they run him at two? Or how did, how did, would he back him up? Run at two. Yeah, I think so. Okay. What do you think? Do you want to swap that? I mean, we can go back. It's not written in stone. We've got Hayes right there for New York and Avita I'm- for Sacramento. Should we swap those? Yeah, I mean the th- the hard thing is is we're not looking at trades, right? And like we've we've kind of picked the best fit for these teams, but I I don't think Avita falls below eight personally. All right, so let's put Avita there for the Knicks. Congratulations, spread. You guys get Killian Hayes. Again, that's just like you said, it's a tough part of the exercise. We know there's a lot of variance here. I think we have taken trades into some of it. Like again, when we got a Conklu at six, we think. 
whether that's Atlanta or somebody else, he probably goes there. So we tried to yeah. do a nice mix. Next up, the New Orleans Pelicans. We've got Kira Lewis Jr. That seems to be the pick here in a lot of mocks. Naismith, Maxie's still on the board. Poker Savage, Jalen Smith. What do you think of your big three? Yeah, I mean, this one's kind of hard. I think – who do we have left on the board? Sorry, I kind of – That's okay. Kira Lewis. Naismith, Maxi, Pokusevich, Jalen Smith, Precious, RJ. RJ Hampton. I was just going to say, yeah, I could see Precious going here maybe, maybe RJ. Um, this is a tough one. I, Precious, I would, let me get you for a second. Talk to us a little bit about Precious and what's kind of good about him. He is someone that actually early on I bet him over 15 and a half at plus 100, and it seemed on drafts he's jumped the other way, and I grabbed plus 130 on under 15 and a half, just kind of bought out of my position there. What do you think of him, and why do you think he's flying up the board? It seems like he is a, almost a lock there at 14 for Boston. Now we're at 13, but you know, yeah. what is there to like about him? Why do you think That's he's flying up the board? I think so. A lot of this is going to depend on if Boston trades up or not. But I think you're right. He goes at 14 if Boston doesn't trade up. Um, I just I think like super big guy. It's funny because like obviously he was on Memphis, which is where Wiseman was for three games or whatever too. But just like a super big guy, really good rebounder, really athletic, like kind of all over the place. Um, I don't know. Like the the hard thing with him is. And like the thing that you're not getting as much of is like the basketball IQ um, that you're getting with a, a Wiseman up top. But I think as far as like overall size and athleticism and just like, I don't know, rebounding like a knack for the ball, I think that he's a really good option. And like I said, probably goes 14, but yeah. All right. So you think you like Precious here at 13? No, I, I think. I'm oh, sorry. All right. I think he goes 14. I'm not sure who I like at 13. Yeah, 13 is kind of tough. It's so maybe New Orleans doesn't take him. Maybe take a step back. Then you're, you're New Orleans. I mean, what are you looking for? It seems like they're in kind of a rebuilding mode. If I'm them, I'm looking for kind of the highest ceiling guy left. Who do you think the highest ceiling player left might be? Yeah, so this is, I mean, guys, like if Avita was here, Avita would be perfect for them. Um, but obviously, we. I think he's going to be gone before this. Um, you're also looking for someone who's like the hard thing with them is what are they going to do after this trade? Right? Like now you got George Hill, you still have JJ Redick in his 11 and a half million a year. I think that they're probably going to try to deal some of those guys. Um, and so I don't know what they, they'll be looking for. I wouldn't be I mean, surprised. Are you just, looking for a guard to replace Jeru? I mean, is this where Kira Lewis goes? That's what I was just going to say, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kira Lewis here. Um, if he's still on the board. Yeah, he's still on our board. It looks like the two best guards, again, are Hampton and Kira Lewis. But Kira Lewis looks like maybe a little more polished kind of player. Um, pretty good effective field goal percentage. Again, only six foot three, but a nice wingspan at six six. So what do you th- which guard do you think goes here? Yeah, I think Lewis. All right, Spread, any complaints? No, not at all. I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much <laughs> – I have no idea who's going to go where. We're about an hour in, and we know that Precious here is going to go 14. So I think, gentlemen, unless we want to continue to blaze through this, um, we've got the lottery picked out, and, and maybe we'll talk about yeah. some other names. Um, so let's talk about kind of who we have left here. And we've got Kira Lewis, Aaron Naismith. Naismith is somebody that I like his over. 
Um, I was able to get him over 12 and a half, which looks like it's still around a few places. Hey, can we talk about that. him real quick, his pros and cons? Because I don't know a lot about Nate Smith. Yeah, he's someone that I'm betting over, and, and it's I think he might be an okay player. But, again, we went through this whole exercise, and we haven't even mentioned him once. Right. Pick 15. What do you think, Big 3? Yeah, I mean, he's just a shooter. He absolutely strokes it. He has a really nice shot. But it's going to boil down to how high are you willing to go for someone who is pretty much just a shooter. He's a decent defender, like – competent enough and like actually is decent sized for someone who's a really good shooter. Um, but you're not getting a whole lot else. And I think like when you're looking this low for picks like lottery pick, I think you probably want to try to get more than that. Um, but yeah, I would say his, what did you get his over at noobs? Yeah. I think that's a pretty good bet. Um, what are you looking at there? Juice wise. It's starting to get a little juicy, like minus minus one fifty, minus one fifty five. I was lucky enough to get a one fifteen. I don't know if I'd go any worse than 125. How about you? Yeah, you said, sorry, 12 and a half? 12 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I just don't like the juice in general on these, especially on these over-unders. But, I mean, I would pay it maybe up to like a minus 150. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's just definitely at least 10 guys better than him. I don't see any way that he goes top 10. And then you get into the Vassell, Sadiq Bay type guys, and it's like you, I just don't see him going over any of those guys either. Um, so I really think that that's a solid bet. Like I said, with trades and stuff, I would be cautious to pay more than like maybe minus 160 on anything on any of these over-unders, but that seems like a pretty solid one. I'm drawing the line a little less than that, but it's if you can find something you know minus 125 to 135 even – Probably worth maybe half a unit. Again, if you can get 125 or better, I think that's a full play. Um, looking down here, some other names. Tyrese Maxey is another name. I was able to get him under 17 and a half early on and around even. Again, under 17 and a half now is like minus 160, minus 170. What do you think of his game? Yeah, I mean, I think he's another guy who I'm not I'm not really sure where he'll go. Like, um, like spread mentioned, there's a chance I could see him going to the Kings, honestly. And like, it does seem like a bit of a reach, but um, I, I wouldn't be super surprised to see him there. Uh, and then like, once you get into this 15, 16, 17 range, where now you have what Orlando, Houston, and then Minnesota again. Um, I think that that's probably where you'd likely see him end up. I also could see, the Knicks, we talked about wanting to get out of that eight spot. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Knicks bump back and go after him. Um, just like a pretty decent shooter, pretty good off the dribble. Um, I don't know. Not He's a pretty good defender, I guess, but not as good as some of these other guys. I don't know. I, I think that he's probably a guy that's going to fall in this 15 to 17 range, I would guess. Yeah, I like the under 17 and a half, but at this point, the juice looks like it's at least minus 170. So, passing yeah. on that for now. Pokusevic has been a name. None of the props have started to fly up for him. I keep waiting to see if we're going to get something open on him uh, tomorrow. He's someone who's been outside of mock drafts. We started to hear. Who are we talking about now? Uh, Alexei Pokusevic. He's the international guy that Denver really likes. I've seen him in mock drafts now. He's starting to pop up. He looks like he's right around the 18th pick, which is so Dallas. Actually. All I've seen on him is completely varied scouting reports. I've seen scouts that love this guy, and I've seen scouts that bury him and say that he's going to have problems 
getting anything but garbage time. Uh, big so three, what do you think? Of him? Lanky guy. He is so small. I mean, I think like he's seven a three two oh one. Yeah, he's a generous two hundred. Seven feet two oh yeah, seven feet two oh one. Yeah. Wow. Um I don't know. I, I mean weigh more than him. <laughs> yeah. Wait. That's not I used to actually. <laughs> I did so a couple months ago. Get down to poker seven. And with someone big like this, like you're still gonna get like obviously he you would hope that he's still a decent like defender in terms of just like rim protection. Um and just because like he doesn't move terribly, um, but he's just so small, you would think like you talk about um having to go up against like an Embiid or someone like that, like you can't put him at the five really. Um, especially against a lot of like against some of these teams. And so he becomes kind of a matchup nightmare um, on defense, I think, just because too slow to guard a three, you know, and maybe just is going to get pushed around by a four or five. Do you know where I want him to go? I want him to be a Houston Rocket so that Tucker sure. can guard centers and he can guard wings. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wonderful, huh? He's an interesting name. He's, he's been really high on some of these draft boards. I'm looking. Yeah, some scouts love him. They really do, and it's he's all of a sudden the last couple of days he's in every mock draft for the Mavericks. And he's one of the few players that, as you start to look at these, and again, mock drafts aren't perfect, but he's one of the few guys that's locked down at, at one spot here. He, he, I'm trying to think. Looks like Edwards is now the consensus one. And as I look through my little sheet here, yeah, he's the only other guy at the exact same spot in every mock. I'm sorry, in Wiseman's too. So it looks like mock drafts have locked in one, two, and 16. <laughs> yeah, wow. And, is that, and if that's not emblematic of the information available in this year's draft, I don't know what is. All right, we're getting to be a little long time-wise here. So, big three, I'm just going to give you a list of names. That yeah, we give them a yet. couple more. Yeah, because there's a couple I'll, that I want to ask about too. All right, I'll, I'll give you a list of names that we haven't talked about, and, and you can pepper in the ones that you want to talk about. If you don't want to talk about them, it's fine. We can skip them. And if Spread wants to hear about them, he'll annoy you with them. Um, yeah, I let's will. See. We talked about Lewis. <laughs> we talked about Naismith, Maxi. So, Jalen Smith, Josh Green, Cole Anthony, Tyrell Terry, Jaden McDaniels. Desmond Bain, we haven't talked about. Theo yeah. uh, Maledin, and we'll save Nico Mannion because you and I have a bet there. Uh, Balmaro, Carey, Malachi Flynn. Again, kind of a long list there, but what, what yeah, couple I'll, stuck I'll, out to you that you have a strong opinion about? Yeah, I was going to say, I'll just pull a couple of those to talk about. So, one of the guys that I really like, and I'm on his under prop, is Cole Anthony. Um, I got it 21 and a half. I think it was like minus 130, which is a lot of juice for me, too. But I, I really think that. I just think the upside is so high with him. And I was talking earlier with spread. I'm not saying he is a Trey young, but just in terms of someone with the offensive, like creation and just like this ability to create offensively and just like score, um, but not necessarily like super efficient. I think that like he's up there in terms of just like being able to create a shot, like being able to do things offensively that, some of these teams in this area will find really valuable, even like a Houston at 16. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that that's definitely a possibility. Um, and I think we'd be shocked if he goes over 21 and a half. So what do you think about 20 and a half? Cause at this point under 21 and a half is pretty juicy, but there's a few spots that have under 20 I mean, and a half. At like minus 120. Right. Do you think there's any way that the Sixers take him? I've, let me see. I think I've seen him to the Sixers in a mock. I mean, they're looking for guards, so I think that they're ripe to try to take someone like that. As if 
you know, they're, they really need a point guard. I mean, Shake Milton is not a starting point guard in the NBA. So uh, do you think he can be a point guard? Do you see him in that position? Yeah, I think, I mean, like, so the other thing you get with him is he's a super good rebounder. That was like, I mean, he, if you watched any North Carolina games last year, that's all you heard was just constant praise of how good of a rebounder he was from the guard position. I think, I mean, personally, I think he's a better fit at like a two. Um, he kind of tends, he doesn't take care of the ball super well. And just like, especially. Oh, he's going to fit in nicely as a sixer. <laughs> not, not super great decision-making um, just in terms of like taking bad shots and stuff. So personally, he's someone that I would want to limit how much you're going to have the ball in his hand. I'd rather have him play two. Um, but I mean, I could definitely see him playing the one. And I think like, I mean, there's definitely a possibility depending on where it goes that they will have him play the one. All right, so Cole Anthony, um, you like him under the 21 and a half. Are you okay with the juice right around minus 150 at this point? <sighs> don't love it at minus 150. I would, yeah, I don't know. That's something I would rather take a 20 and a half and just say he gets taken off before the Sixers get to him if you can get less juice on that. All right, who else did you want to talk about? Um, Man. I mean, Here, let me ask a couple because I got some specific ones I, I want to learn about. Jalen Smith, power forward from Maryland. I see him high in drafts, but I know nothing about him. What do you know about Jalen Smith? He's really big. Um, I think <laughs> so. If we talked about this earlier, if Precious goes at 13 to the Pelicans just as a picking the talent type pick, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jalen Smith go 14 to the Celtics if they stay there. Um, the thing with him is like, it's a it's a really big guy who can actually shoot, um, which obviously is like we've talked about becoming more and more valuable. But I think yeah, thirty seven percent from the three point line last year, um, and just like pretty solid rebounder still. Like is not. I mean, we talked about earlier with how do you say his name? Poko Pokosevsky. Um, uh, Pokosevich. Pokosevich. Yeah, Pokosevich. There you go. Um, how small he is. I mean, like Jalen Smith is pretty small too, in terms of like being lanky, but definitely still is like decent sized enough to hold his own. Um, but yeah, he's somewhat it's tough to find odds on, but it looks like there is odds for him to be the Celtics first pick. Do you think? Yeah, that's what I was. I mean, do so you think the, the Celtics will go for him at 14. I mean, is that too early? No. Seeing five to one to be the Celtics first pick. I don't hate that. I actually don't know. Do you have any over-unders on him? Like, I don't really know. He's not, it's, it's tough to find. I, I basically all the sites I have don't have him. Let me see. I'm looking at now nothing on. I don't, I don't hate that, but to be honest, I think there a lot needs to happen for him to go there, right? Like Atlanta needs to not trade that pick down the six to Boston, right? Because I think Boston's going to want to get Okungwu if he's there. And then, New Orleans is going to have to take Precious because if, if New Orleans doesn't take Precious at 13, you would think he's still going to be there at 14. And I think that's who Boston would take in that scenario. Um, what does it have for Precious odds there for Boston's first pick? Let me see. So I'm looking, and again, the Jalen Smith markets we have is Boston's first pick and the best price I have is six to one there. And he's also Brooklyn's first pick at six to one as well. Brooklyn is... 19. 19. So that's probably a little later than we think. And let me see. Boston. I'm sorry. Who did you want as Boston's first? I, I don't see Precious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I don't see Precious in there. Let me see. Just, 
So now no, nobody has pressures there in the, in the uh, market for Boston's first player, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I guess with pressures, then what you do is you just take the under, because um, his over under at this point is fifteen and a half minus one hundred five. So. Oh, yeah. fifteen and a half doesn't matter if it's Boston, doesn't matter if it's New Orleans. I, I think maybe that's the play there. I would definitely take that under fifteen and a half. I didn't even think about that. Um, you were saying you bought you bought in on that over and then you came back on the under. Is that right? Yeah, that, like four or five days ago, in every draft he was in like the mid twenties and over fifteen and a half. I think was like plus one hundred. And then today I went back through and kind of refreshed everything, and all of a sudden. He's at 13, he's at 14. So I was able to get an under 15 and a half this morning at like plus 130. Um, yeah. Let me see what the best number I can find now is, but I don't I think it's plus under money anymore. And a half at Bovada at plus 150, right? 50, yeah. I might add that because I think the only scenario where he doesn't get taken by Boston at 14 is if Boston ends up trading up for Okunwu. Um, So I think that's pretty good value there, actually. I, I think I'm going to go add that. Yeah, I like that too. All right, that's a good one. All right, so we talk. Who else you got, spread? So yeah, two more Pac-10 uh, breakdown guys, because you know I love my Pac-10 guys. Josh Green out of Arizona. What do you expect from him, Big Three? Yeah, I mean he's he's someone who I've seen a lot of different places. Um, like, I mean, it feels like a lot of guys have been like this, but another like good shooter, um, good defender type guy, right? I think he's pretty good size, and if you watch him, I feel like he's just like good I, I don't know i feel like he's just like a pretty solid scorer in general you know like he shoots pretty well but also is like i don't know he just seems like a guy who's like gonna out you know like out strength that's not a word he's just like <laughs> guys even given his size and like pretty decent length as well and i don't know pretty solid finisher at the rim for someone who can also shoot and then also like competent enough on defense that um he should help there as well. I don't know what his over-unders are, but he's someone that I'm pretty high on as well, actually. All right, and I'll do one more, and then I'll and I'll shoot it back to you, Noobs, to go ahead and uh, uh, wrap this thing up. But my last one, another uh, Pac-10 guard, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford, 6'3", 170. What do you think of him? Yeah, I actually really like him as well. I think – I mean, he's a super good – he's, like, mostly shooter, um, like, pretty – I don't know. Like that's, that's what you're drafting him for. If you're taking him, I think that he's another person that I wouldn't be surprised to see the Knicks trade back for. I've said this a few times now, but I think Knicks might trade back for a guard and he's definitely someone that I could see them going back and trying to get. Um, I, he's, he's someone I've seen a lot of different places in like these low 20 range, but I mean, that's a guy who, as far as like ability to score super good free throw shooter too. I think 90%, um, like just pure shooter ability to score. I think that's someone that I'm pretty willing to take a risk on too. If I'm one of those teams in the 15 to 20 range. Hmm, I'm having trouble finding over under for Terry. Yeah. I mean, we're getting kind of into the obscure guys. I'm wondering if they're even going to bother. Uh, it seems like a market where they put themselves a lot of exposure. Um, but they're not going to get any casual money coming in on it. So I could see the books kind of trying to avoid as we're getting down into the 20s. Um, did you have any more players that you wanted to ask about, Noobs? And the last one, and I know um, both Big Three and I like the under here, Nico Mannion. Oh, yeah, um, that's over another under. Pac-10 guy. I love it. Pac-10, ruling the draft, even though we can't get a win in the tournament at all. 
This is one of the more interesting over-unders because it's hanging at 34 and a half just about everywhere. The juice isn't too bad. Let me see if I can find it. I've gone under here. It looks like in a few mocks he's sneaking into the first round. So at under 34 and a half, I've got the entire first round and four picks in the second. Big three, what do you think of Mr. Mannion? Yeah, I'm I'm hundred percent on board. I couldn't I couldn't believe his over-under was 34 and a half, too. I mean so I see a minus one twenty. Yeah, I honestly might have paid that minus one twenty price for just like first round in general. I think he's he's probably gonna go, if I had to guess, in these high twenty area. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see like maybe like the Knicks here with their 20, what are they got? 27, I think. Um, Knicks 27, maybe even like a Celtics um uh, at 26. But yeah, I mean, I think that goes under and in by a lot, honestly. I really like that even. Still at 120. I think I got minus 115, so basically the same. Yeah, I don't know what I ended up, but I still like that at 120. I'm going to go through actually the list of my bets. You can find all these at, at my Twitter account, but I think the only ones we haven't talked about so far are some of the group bets. Big three, I don't know if you got to some of these. I was looking at Pac 12 overs. I've got over five and a half at minus 115 and over six and a half at plus 165. I'm sorry, plus 265, actually. Yeah, over five and a half and over six and a half Pac-12 players in the first round. I think we get to six real easy. If I start to look yeah. at the Pac-12, we've got Konkwu, Josh Green, Terry, I think McDaniels, Bain, and Mannion. That gets me to six. Then basically to get to six and a half, I need either Carey, maybe Zeke sneaks in, Isaiah Stewart. I've seen on a couple drafts, and even Peyton Pritchard has been like last pick or something in a couple drafts. What do you think of Pac-12 overs? Yeah. So you said you have the five and a half to it, like almost even money. Yeah. It's it's a different line everywhere. This is one of the ones that I've seen the most reports of lines back. I like over five and a half. I like over six. I like over six and a half. And, and the pricing seems to actually be in line. Like, so if people have over six and a half, it's plus two something. If people have over five and a half, it's minus 110, 115. Yeah. Over six has been in like the plus 150 range or something. I like every version of that. Yeah, I would say that's probably worth it on both. I w- I wouldn't just go six and a half. I just I can see six being taken as well. I would maybe split a bet on the five and a half and the six and a half there if you can, just because I think there's five really good ones, right? Okungwu, Green, McDaniel's, Nanji, and Terry, and then the next group would be like this: Nico Mannion, who I think is going to be first round, so that would make it six. And then you also got a Stewart and um, Bay out of Colorado as well down there. And then Pritchard, um, right. That would be, that's like nine guys possibly. So I think there's a lot of names at the end and that's what I'm thinking. I've got a unit on five and a half and put half of the stake on six and a half. So I think a that's little bit true. of a mix. See the other one I've got Arizona over one and a half. Basically, I'm counting. It's it's just another version, basically, of Mannion going first round. If you think Mannion's going first round, you should have Josh Green and Mannion. What do you think yeah. about Arizona over one and a half minus one fifteen? Yeah, I think that's great too. I mean, the thing here is, personally, I mean, that's I I agree with that bet, but I would just take the Mannion under, right? I think Green's probably a lock for first round, and so might as well just get the four extra spots there with under thirty four and a half. Um, for the extra five cents of juice, it would be, I think, if it's minus 115 and minus 120. Yeah. I've got Washington over one and a half players. Again, the two names would have to be there. Let me just go through and see who from Washington. So Carey, basically, and Stewart. Um, you know, that one was plus odds. I only put um, 
Actually, no, I'm sorry. That was right around even. So I think those are the only two guys I need. I'm trying to think of this. It would be McDaniels and Stewart, right? That's right, McDaniels and Stewart. I knew I missed one as I was going through. And again, there's a chance he could still get Carrie too. I'm sorry. Do I have Carrie mislabeled? Yeah, I was going to say Carrie's Duke, but. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, those are the two I would need. Yeah, those two are right at the end of the first round there. We talked about freshmen. We talked about freshmen over four and a half, but I found a freshman, first round freshman over 14 and a half. So over 14 and a half freshmen. Let me just pull up my list here again quickly and see. Um, I got to 15 a lot quicker than I thought. All right, so freshmen again over 14 and a half. So if we get Edwards, Wiseman, Aconquu, Williams, Okoro, Maxi, Precious, Josh Green, Cole Anthony, Tyrell Taylor, Jaden McDaniels. I think I just got to 16 actually there. Yeah. And then you still have, you didn't even say Nico Mannion, too. Um, right. Vernon Carey. Jaden McDaniels, Vernon Carey, maybe Zeke sneaks in, Stewart. So for 14 and a half freshmen in the first round, um, trying to figure out where I found that. I think that was actually a bet online at like plus 170. So I like that. Yeah. The other one, the other big one that I'll mention here too, that I'm on is um, Trey Jones over. I think it was 29 and a half. I don't really, I mean, honestly, the, the number doesn't even really matter. I would take that up to like 32 and a half, 34 and a half. I, I really think that, he probably gets taken very late thirties or in the forties somewhere. Um, he's just someone who I think the numbers don't even like the numbers don't even show how bad of a shooter he is. I just don't think he's a very good shooter. Obviously got better from freshman to sophomore year, but just doesn't have a very good stroke. Not very good from the free throw line. Um, and he's a really good on ball defender, but he's super small. I think he's going to have a tough time guarding guys some of these bigger point guards in the NBA and also just like not that good of an off ball defender, which is not very, not extremely helpful for his case. Um, I just, I don't see any way it goes in the first round, which is what that prop is for me over 29 and a half. But I think that's a solid play as well. I'm seeing over 29 and a half minus 140. Again, I've got a local. It's got over 28 and a half minus 135. I like both of those. Yeah, me as well. All right, gentlemen, we're about 90 minutes in. I think we've covered, gosh darn, everything that we have to cover. Anything else from you, Spread? No, I just want to thank Big 3 for coming on. I feel like I learned a lot about these prospects, especially the ones out of the lottery. Um, and so real excited to see this. Um, notice that uh, Wang Bang had asked that we post from the Net Worth account our little mock draft, and that way we can all laugh about it tomorrow night uh, when four trades completely nuke it and turn it upside down. But um, I think we'll go ahead and post the, the mock draft to the Net Worth account. I think you have that written down, so you can help us out with that while I'm posting this to our RSS feed. And once again, Big 3, thank you for coming on. I feel like I learned so much and uh, had a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely echo all those comments. We will post our little mock lottery there, as well as I'll post my little mock draft cheat sheet that I've been referring to. Um, you can find that at Network Pod. Again, we'd appreciate a follow, a rating, a review. Uh, all the thanks in the world to you again, Big Three. Do you want to take a minute to pimp anything you're doing? Mentioned your Twitter handle earlier at Big. Um, hold on a second. I forgot what it was already, but why don't you go ahead and pimp things a little bit? Yeah, no, I was, I mean, 
yeah, just would like to thank you guys as well. I think like we've all talked about here, I think there's a couple bets I might go ahead and add on here. I posted my ones yesterday to Twitter. A lot of those lines aren't available anymore, but I think there were two or three that kind of popped out to me as we, as we talked through this. So I'll probably add those on Twitter in the next 30 minutes or so and get that out there. But one of the big ones I'm, I'm looking at now would be that precious under, um, which I think I saw at Bovada plus 150. So just thought I'd throw that out there as well for something that's available now that I really like. Yeah, love that. And you can find him again at big three underscore F-O-R underscore three. Thanks again, everybody. We really appreciate you watching. Again, follow us at Network Pod on Twitter. We'll have our mock draft there, a couple other resources as well as that's the best place to find everything we've got. Oh, and another spread cap. Everybody, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Best of luck in the draft and have a good week. Good luck in all your